Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house, and we've got Diane back. Diane, you can unmute. We have all kinds of weather conditions and ins and outs and rain and storm and hail and everything. It's just August 22nd. Who knows what the weather's going to be? Radio Red in the house. It is, as I said, August 22nd, and I have a wonderful group of creatives with me here. I'm calling these my resilient creators. So the topic today is Read My Lips, Resilient Creativity and One of my guests knows where that comes from. I'm honoring him in particular. One of my guests is having some video problems because she's got rain on the roof of her house, but we will get past that. Uh, Today is August 22nd. It's the 244th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. I always say a shout out and thank you to Greg, Gregory, Gregor, Greggy, whatever his mommy called him. We still use his calendar, don't we, Andrew? And that's something really, really, he was a creative guy back then. There are 131 days left in the year. And that means if you're going to have something special to drink for New Year's Eve, because we're making it through another year. Yes, yes, yes. Either start making the... uh, Get the still in the backyard ready for the whiskey. We used to call it bootleg. If you want to start something really <laughs> elegant like Kahlua or something like that, you could do it in the garage in the sink so nobody knows about it. And if you're just going to buy something really elegant and high-end in an online wine store, maybe Gary V's father's company in New Jersey that he made famous because Gary V is so hot. Better buy it now because the shelves are going to be empty very, very soon. It is the 34th Monday of the year and nobody gives a you know what about that except me and because I love doing Read My Lips Radio. My three guests, you're going to follow my instructions, please. We have a little shout out we have to do at the beginning of every show. I think Diane knows about it. On the count of three, you're going to join me in hello, L, L, L. You ready? Let's see if we can beat last week's group because they were phenomenal. Ready? One, two, three. Hello, L-O-L-L. Josh, I don't know. Josh, what do you think? I think they were, it just gets better every week. I've been doing the show for years. I don't know. I like the, who was the laugher at the end there? Somebody was laughing. It's going to be Carl. It's going to be Dr. Carl. Carl, he's laughing. Okay, Carl, thank you. That's a new addition to the LLL. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And I've been trying to have a fake GoFundMe for about five years to raise money to send her to London. But the temperature, Diane, has been hideously bad in London and they don't have air conditioners. So we're not sending her to London. We're going to send her to Larchmont, which is very close to Whitestone where she lives. So I don't need to do a GoFundMe. We could just have a bake sale and we'll take care of that. There we go. Let me tell you who my three varies. Oh, everybody wave hello to Facebook. We're live on Facebook. There we are. And if we have any freezing problems, the audio will continue. Just go. The show is a party. It's not an interview. It's not a one-on-one. It's not a book review. It's not a selling. We're just here to have a good time and talk about creativity. By the way, today is the last day of the Zodiac sign of Leo, August 22nd. Anybody here with Leo? A trailing Leo? No? Okay. Well, I have one in my family and he lives up to it. They're natural leaders, magnificent and striking as the lion. Yes, he is. Radiantly joyful, liberal with their appeal, 
fiercely proud and confident. They love and live life to the fullest. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let me tell you who my guests are. I want you to just wave your hand and say hello when I say what you're going to, who you are. This is just a a one or two sentence intro. And then I'm going to have each of you, you know, the three minute rule, each of you tell us more about who you are and what creativity means to you. First up, we have DJ Christoph Dino Diane. And am I calling you Diane, Dino Diane, Dino Diane, or DJ? Who do you want to be called today? Diane is fine. Diane is fine. Okay. Diane is a natural adventurer. She has dug dinosaurs at the excavation site of Jurassic Park's real paleontologist, not just the movie one. She has whitewater rafted through the Grand Canyon. Wow. She scuba dived the Great Barrier Reef, and she's explored the pyramids and the tombs of Egypt's pharaohs. Her mission is to inspire young people to get the hell out of their screens, out of those faces, (laughs) and go out and live a real life because that's what Diane is doing. Diane, welcome. And I'm so happy to have you. I met you at the recent Publicity Summit. I was delighted to meet you. You've been patient waiting for this time to come on the show, and I appreciate that. And You'll tell us more about you in a minute or two. And now we have Dr. Carl Barnes. He's got a lot of letters after his name, CDRUSN. He's retired from the Navy. And he's the founder of Resilient Living Coaching, LLC. And he's only written four books on resilient living. I don't know what you're doing with your life, Carl. You've only written four (laughs) books. And he's co-authored another book. Carl, wave hello and say welcome to everybody. Welcome. Hi. There you are. Carl and I met at a previous summit and he didn't come back and confirm. And I met him again. I said, is that you again? And he said, can I please come on the show? No, he didn't. He said, I'm back. Can I come? I said, heck yes. I was so excited the first time I met you and I'm twice as excited the second time I met you. So Dr. What am I calling you? Dr. Carl, Carl Barnes, who do you want to be? Carl. Just Carl. Carl and I, before the show, talked and we realized that he's moving from Tennessee to North Carolina and I'm moving from North Carolina to Tennessee. So if I hadn't already sold my house, we could have swapped. It, it's close enough. I don't know why we didn't <laughs> think about this before. Carl, timing is everything. And then we have Andrew Culkin and he spells his last name C-U-L-K-I-N. If you think it sounds familiar, yeah, he's a relative of those Culkins. He wrote a serious book called Amanda, A Cautionary Tale. And Andrew has been through the problem, the issues, the challenges, the sadness, the tragedy of having a loved one suffering from chronic alcoholism. It was his wife. It claimed her life. And he has written this book to help other families because Andrew has a very unique firsthand perspective. He's lived through it. He speaks, he writes, he helps people get through it with a different perspective. So Andrew, just say a quick hello, and then we will hear from you in a minute. Hello, Facebook world and everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Andrew, which of your famous, more famous relatives are we talking about here? Which Culkins are you related to? All oh, uh, well, Macaulay and, and yeah, we're all from upstate New York. He's actually related to my my dad. Okay, well, there you go. So it's, it's a familiar relationship. Okay, well, when I met you, I said, are you one of the Culkins? He said, yeah, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. So <laughs> okay. I had to do that. It's all about who you know and who knows you or something like I that. Guess. Yeah. I, I guess, that's a good one, I guess. <laughs> so let's go around the table. Now, because of freezing issues, I'm going to be riding the button of going back and forth between putting you on full screen view and going back to gallery view. So in case it freezes, the wrong person isn't on the screen. But no matter what you see, just keep talking. So Diane, Christoph, we're so happy to see you. And Diane, I'm such an admirer of who you are. I won't say your work, of who you are, your spirit, your adventurousness, your adventuresomeness, whatever the word is. And I'd love for you to tell us more about your adventures and what your mission is and and, and cap that off with, please, what creativity has meant in your life, because I know you're living 
a life that you are creating. So Diane, I'm going to try putting you on speaker view. Let's see how it goes. Welcome. Perfect. Well, thanks, uh, Red, for having me on your show. You know, how I earned my nickname, Dino Diane, is a fun story that started me on my writing journey. You see, for me, creativity is all about inspiration, and nothing inspires me more than adventure. I was teaching science in Arizona when the movie Jurassic Park came out, and I fell in love with those dinosaurs. I learned that the main character, Dr. Alan Grant, was actually inspired by a real paleontologist named John Horner. Now, my father, who's always been very supportive of me, found an ad in the back of a National Geographic inviting people to come dig dinosaurs at Horner's excavation site. He called it Camposaur. So I packed my backpack and I went digging for dinosaurs. Uh, There was a journalist visiting the site one day, and he heard all this commotion coming from the far end of the dig. Well, I had just uncovered a Mayosaur femur. Now, that's a thigh bone of a dinosaur, 80 million years old. Can you imagine? When the journalist- (laughs) Wait, wait, but hold on. Everybody has to say, wow. One, two, three. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) That was sincere, Diane, but you know, don't step on the lines. That's one rule. Anyway, Diane, please, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to. That was a wow. Go ahead. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was a really (laughs) exciting experience. Uh, When the journalist asked me what my name was for his article, it was a code digger that blurted out, why, that's Dino Diane. And the name stuck and it became the nickname for my main character and the title of my book series, Dino Diane's Adventures. You know, digging dinosaurs really ignited my passion for adventure. My Friends refer to me as a female version of Indiana Jones. Uh, Since then, I backpacked and rafted through the Grand Canyon, rode those camels around the pyramids of Egypt and explored the tombs of the pharaohs. I hot air ballooned over the Masai Mara in Tanzania, looking down over a herd of elephants, just to name a few. Many of these real life experiences, including digging dinosaurs, I brought back to my classroom, inspiring an award-winning creative style of teaching. And they're now the basis for my magical science adventure series. Uh, Think Harry Potter meets Indiana Jones meets Jurassic Park set in the old west. Well, it's a blend of fiction and nonfiction sprinkled with real science and history dusted with magic and loaded with courageous heart. Red, creativity is like a campfire. It needs to be sparked by imagination to burst into flames. And my sparks are ignited by my adventures. So my latest adventure in writing uh, is to inspire today's youth to get off their screens, as you said, and you said it so so much better than I did, <laughs> and and to help them build, you know, confidence and self reliance and a love for learning through adventures in nature. Thank you, Diane. And I'm thinking when you're talking about hot air balloon, I have a I I, I will show it to you. I have a, one of these very heavy Oculus Quest Two headsets and oh. I have been going on adventures because I don't I don't <clears throat> tr- fly anymore and I have been going on had our balloon rides over the lakes of Lausanne Switzerland I think Andrew was oh. totally amazed I see I see that mouth dropping Andrew's like what yes and I've been inside spaceships I've seen the the astronauts I have uh, gone on um where have I gone I've gone on car rides in parts of the U.S. I've been on um let's see double-decker tour bus rides through Paris and through Tokyo. I've gone to 
I've, I've gone all over the world and it's funny, but I use an app. Is anybody here on VR? Anybody here using a VR headset like I am? Nobody, Andrew? Or No, but I'm interested. I think it'd be fun. There's an app that you, it's very hard to find this. This is the the middle grade. They're, they're going to be upgrading the price soon by 100. So I'll show you where to get it. Anyway, the point is that I use an app called Alcove, A-L-C-O-V-E, and you won't believe who sponsors it. It's the AARP, and it's <laughs> full of – I'm serious. I play virtual checkers hovering with my avatar over a table where I move, <laughs> and they make you – if you have to jump, they make you take that move. You don't have any other choices. And oh. when you we take somebody's man or whatever the piece is, it stacks up, and it goes click, 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 and it pops down on the stack. <laughs> and then when, when it's an automatic, you lose. It goes – you lose, and the other person gets – you win. And there's a Amazing. concede button, and it's – I have done breathing exercises. I have toured the world. I have gone into places where the rocks on the beach, and there's a woman doing a breathing exercise in your ear. I have had narrated tours. I have watched the animals on the plains in Africa grazing. I've watched hummingbirds in their feeder with tourists. I've gone into churches all over the world, all from VR. And I've just bought my son who has everything in the world. He didn't have this. That was his birthday gift. And he's my August baby. So there you go. I just, I had to tell you that when you said, yes, I've been there, but not, not the adventure that you've had, Diane. And I appreciate that you were there in real life. Let's move on. Dr. Carl Barnes. I have to say the doctor because I have a family with lots of doctors and I respect the advanced degree. I'll call you Carl later, but right now you're still Dr. Carl to me. So Dr. Carl, Diane's disappeared again, but she'll come back. Dr. Carl, would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself completely? What do you do? What's the doctor all about? What was your experience in the military like? And what are you writing? Thank you so much, Red. It's an honor to be here with you. I'm excited. So yes, Dr. Carl, and this all stems from 35 years of my life in the United States Navy. So I'm kind of nicknamed Resilient Sailor because that's been my whole life. It's almost like creativity is like that spontaneous combustion. So every place I've got to be stationed in the Navy, I've been able to create things that people are like, did you make this up? No, I didn't make it up. It's because I was in an environment that allowed me to just express myself in ways that people unheard of would not think about, especially being a Navy chaplain last 17 years, because I went in, you know, as a young enlisted person, I worked my way up from the lowest rank to E6. Then I got out and became a chaplain. So being a chaplain allowed for the innovative juices to work. At every command, I could get people to volunteer to go outside and read books oh, right. and clean a park. I remember one session where I got a thousand sailors on an aircraft carrier to do volunteer work at two different parks at the same time. They said, how did you get 1,000 sailors to do a volunteer work? Well, that's what's creativity come in. I had people on my team that were very smarter than I was. They were engineers and they designed a whole scheme where we got people to be at Balboa Park and children select like the cleanup. Bottom line is that we saved the city of San Diego a million dollars in cleanup efforts because they didn't have the resource, but I had the body and the manpower on board to share with my seal said, I want people to volunteer in the community. And we did just that. But that came because of creativity because said, how did you do that? And so resiliency throughout my career, I did what's called stand downs because people get in trouble. I would partner with people from all over the ship and say, let's do something to keep people out of trouble. So volunteer, clean up the community, pass out books, just get out of the ship and do something for other people. And it made them feel so much better. Their resiliency came up. They feel bad about themselves, self-esteem. So when I think of creativity, 
being in the Navy allowed my creativity to grow and to blossom and do things I would have never got to do from the dirt roads of North Carolina because I love North Carolina, but the Navy gave me a whole world, a spectrum to travel, to see the world, live in other countries, eat good food, but also <laughs> allow my creative juices to do the work for me. It's like, wow, how do you think about that? Because I'm one of those deep thinkers. My mind starts going, you know, red. And it's like, I can do this. I get a team together because for some reason it's like, it's like a fire. How do you excite so many people? Because as you see, I'm so full of excitement now. <laughs> I want some of this excitement, but that's what Creative Juice has done for me, to allow me to have that spontaneous combustion, to allow people to, to grow and experiment. I say educate, motivate, and inspire them to their next level of greatness. So I'm that person that they come to. It's like, how do we make this happen? Just give me a couple of minutes, a second over. Like, think about this, and we'll come up with a solution. Because the chaplain, the seal doesn't want anybody with problems. It's like, I want a solution. How are we going to handle this? And that's where creativity come in, Red. And I felt honored to serve those 35 years to be as creative from ships with the Marines, the Coast Guard, you name it. It allowed me to function in my highest self. So the degrees came from, I never had education on, before active duty, mm -hmm. but on active duty, all of my free time, I got to go to school. So I did all those things in my free time. They said, so how do you find time? So when I finished my doctorate in Rhode Island as an instructor, what happened when it was time to graduate, I said, I didn't know you were in school because I did not want them to think that my work was going to linger. So on my off time, I was studying in my office at night. Four years later, when I graduated, they said, I'm finished school. So Dr. Barnes, it is because I've always wanted my education and the military allowed that door open for me to just plunge in through it and get my education. So I went in to ed get education, travel and see the world. And that's my creativity story. Dr. Carl Barnes, so impressive. You're just giving off, right, Diane and Andrew? You're just, I thought, I thought I was high energy. You're just passing through the screen. But what's interesting is that a lot, and first of all, I have to say thank you for your service, sir. 35 years, thank you for your service. Thank you. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Second of all, there is a disconnect in most people's minds, and Diane and Andrew, I think you'll join me this, between the word military and the word creativity. We think of rules. We think of order. We think yes. of doing things by the book, by the command. Carl, we'll talk more about your thoughts on creativity, but you have introduced to me a new concept that is different, a different way of thinking that somebody in the military could do that. And bravo to you for using your free time to get an education. You made up for everything that you didn't have earlier in life through the service. That's very motivating. Very. I'm a little too old to join the Navy, but I don't know. I, I see the world through radio. You know, how I, I see the world through meeting people like the three of you. You introduced me through your adventures to other parts, other ways of thinking, other other avenues of creativity. So thank you, Dr. Carl Burns. It's a thank pleasure. You. It took long enough to get you on my show. I'm happy you showed up again. <laughs> yes. There you go. I think that was my John Wayne voice. I didn't know I had one. Andrew Culkin, we yes. are ready for you. I'm going to put you on speaker view as much as I can here, and let's find out who are you. Forget about the Culkin connection. We already did right. that. We want to know about you and, and what's your take on creative. You have a very different story. Go ahead, Andrew. All right. Well, after Dr. Carl, I think I needed to plug the batteries, and they're all recharged again. <laughs> but no, the, the name of the book, I'm actually the author, the whole title of the book is Amanda, A Cautionary Tale of Alcoholism, The Unforgettable Journey of Family Resiliency and Loss. That's that's really the whole title. But it's it's not just a serious. There's a lot of funny stuff going on with it. I mean, the beginning is, you know, how we got together. But 
Um, the creativity side of it, you know, uh, after she passed away, I mean, I realized they had 20 years of experience that most people don't have uh, and, a, and a unique perspective. And most people would just say, that's the end of that chapter. <clears throat> that's the end of that chapter and move on and go on with their lives. And I realized uh, I didn't want it to, to die there. I, I had so much information to offer people uh, through the story and through, you know, the trial and tribulations that we all went through. Uh, and it wasn't all bad. It was, we had a wonderful life. We had a wonderful marriage uh, in the last five, six years, not, not so much, but, um, and it, it's branched out creatively. It's not just about alcoholism. It's about uh, addictions, mental health care, drug addiction, people who suffer with eating disorders, um, mm. uh, gambling disorders. I mean, there's so many offshoots that this uh, can relate to. Uh, and certainly the relevance of it with COVID-19, dare I say that word, COVID-19, but the, the increase in mental health issues has gone up exponentially uh, in the last couple of years. And this story is more uh, is needed more than ever uh, and, and to be able to relate to it. Um, and right now, I'm currently in the works to get a TED Talk. Um, I really want to expand this conversation. Uh, and to help, uh, you know, families that are in need and to and make alcoholics understand if there's an alcoholic in the family, the family has to understand and identify that because I was blissfully ignorant the whole time, really until the end. I didn't understand alcoholism at all or or any any of the mental health issues. Andrew, your creativity, we keep freezing. And so just keep talking. I, I see we're frozen. Okay. We're, we're frozen on Facebook with Andrew's handsome face there. Uh, and we're frozen again on the screen. But you know what? We The audio is still going out on Voice America, and that's just fine. It's, that's uh, all we need. <laughs> we've had so many power outages here, and my next-door neighbor's power supply was destroyed, and I've had Mac problems for two weeks since then. You guys are all talking about the rain. I live in Southern California. I haven't seen rain since, like, last well, December. Well, well, said. You said we just froze again. I don't know why. I should have I run and cleaned my Mac about five times. I didn't run it today. So let's just keep talking. I've got us on gallery view. We'll just keep talking and that's fine. Andrew, okay. what intrigues me is that you, to me, you took a creative approach in a very sad, what ended up as a sad ending to what sounds like a beautiful marriage. And right. you're approaching that of, let me tell the story of a good marriage, of how we met, of the good times, as well as just, okay, here's what happened the last five years and it's going to be a sad story and all of that. So I admire that creative approach that some people wouldn't have taken in the story, right? Mm -hmm. Some people would have said, I just have a sad tale to tell you. And right. you said, let me tell the full life. I like right. that. So thank you very much, Andrew. And it's a pleasure to have you here. And I'll pretend I don't know you got famous relatives. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm sorry. I just, I, I got a review about that. Uh, while we're in between freezing here, my friends, let's go to the opening quotes. I've got them in front. I did print out my notes. So worst case, I can't see you. I'm just going to keep us all on gallery view now. So I, so we, I can see all of you and nobody gets stuck on speaker view. Would have been interesting if Diane was describing her quote and we were looking at Andrew for the next 15 minutes. Andrew, as good looking as you are, that just wouldn't have done with her voice coming through. Yeah. Your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave us on gallery view now. Josh, bear with us. Okay, so here we go. Diane, each one of you has sent me a quote from a fictional TV or movie character or a song lyric. That was the request that has nothing to do with the word creativity, although you won't find too many of those in movies or songs, I don't think. However, I'm going to ask each of you to explain in your own words, in your own vibrant words, what the quote has to do with creativity in your life and be creative. So let's take about, oh, two and a half, three minutes most so we can get around the table. Diane, everywhere I look these days, the word in your quote is popping up on TV shows. No matter what I look at, they're there. And it's just 
very scary. So the quote is from Raiders of the Lost Ark, directed by the one and only Steven Spielberg, based on a story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman. The movie, of course, stars Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, Ronald Lacey, John Rhys-Davies, uh, so many people. Indiana Jones is a globe-trotting archaeologist, just like Diane, vying with Nazi German forces in 1936 to recover the long-lost Ark of the <clears throat> Covenant, a relic, relic said to make an army invisible, teaming up with his former lover, the the tough Marion Ravenwood, Karen Allen. He races to stop rival archaeologist Dr. Rene Belloc, Paul Freeman, from guiding the Nazis <laughs> to the Ark and its power. Would you believe this was the highest grossing film of 1981? Some theaters played it for over a year. Andrew, can you believe that? Oh. It is recognized, and it started out very poorly. It didn't do well in the box office in the beginning. This took a while, okay? Mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark is recognized as one of the greatest films ever made and has inspired imitators and filmmakers across all media. Here's the quote. Diane, I hate you for this, but I'll say it. Snakes! It had to be snakes! I can't even say <laughs> Every TV show I've watched in the past two weeks has had one of those popping out of a door or a window the back of a car people going ah and, and, and no matter where i am no matter what i'm watching they've been there and we met a woman at the at the publicity summit who was a snake right. specialist I, right. I told i told her not even to pitch me i, I couldn't even talk to her I, I don't know what's going on diane i'm not putting you on speaker view but please explain what in the heck this quote has to do with creativity go ahead all right. Well, that's a fun quote, isn't it? You oh, know, yeah. Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes, and yet he is faced with an incredible challenge to retrieve the lost ark buried from an uh, buried in an Egyptian uh, temple, and it's filled with hundreds of snakes. And you remember the scene. Well, do the snakes hold him back? Well, maybe for a moment. But he takes a gulp, he swallows his fear, and he pushes through it. That's real raw courage that has inspired me in my own adventures. For example, <clears throat> I'm claustrophobic, and yet I love splunking. You are claustrophobic. You, Di Dino Diane, who's who's done the whitewater rafting and and the the tombs, and you are claustrophobic. I'm claustrophobic. Car Carl, I have you have to look amazed, Carl. What? Andrew? Andrew's already looking amazed. What? <laughs> Diane, we have to get these audience reactions to you. Go ahead now. Go You're ahead. making me blush. Okay. <laughs> I'm admirer. I'm a big fan. You got Thank past you. it. Go ahead. So Thank you're spelunking and? I love splunking. And for people who don't know what that is, that's caving and sometimes in very tight places. One time, the ceiling was so low, I had to lie flat, stretched out on my stomach, and I could only use my fingers to pull me while my toes pushed me, inching me along a corridor that was about 30 feet in length. There was a time or two where I had to just shut off my flashlight, force myself to slow my breathing, and swallow my fear to muster up the courage just to crawl on. But I did it for the adventure. You know, that sense of discovery to see what wondrous mysteries lie ahead in the dark cave. Uh, creativity for me is sometimes like splunking in a dark cave. I close my eyes and I take a plunge into the darkness and where I shut off my thoughts, slow my breathing and just allow that creativity to emerge. You know, creativity takes courage and it inspires courage. My spunking adventure inspired a similar challenge in my story when Dino Diane struggles with claustrophobia in the cave of ages, and yet with courage, she pushes on to discover a lost world of dinosaurs. Now, 
that's wondrous. And that's how I want to inspire today's youth to become courageous, curious adventurers. Thank you. I'm thinking of you having to lie flat. You know what I'm thinking of, Carl? You're not going to be surprised. Well, I'm using the word, the name doctor in front of you, but a different kind. I had to do an MRI a couple of years ago and, and it was upper. And I said, ah, ah, ain't going to happen. And this guy said, listen, we need to do this study. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to go in face down head first. I'm going to look out the back. You've got pretty wallpaper in here and you're going to play music in there. And I'm going to lie on my stomach and I will be absolutely stone still. So you can get, he said, we might not get everything. I said, it'll be close enough. Either that or I'm walking out. We ain't doing it. I said, I'm the patient. I'm paying for this somehow. You got to do it my way. And he did. And I went in face down, looking out the back. I think they gave me some head a headset some earphones and i was listening to my kind of music and we got through it so diane i can't even go in mri tube and you're doing splunking okay we're gonna leave it there but you're <laughs> diane you're just really embarrassing me i gotta be on a vr headset to go in a hot air balloon and you're doing it for real diane i don't know about you thank, thank you very you. much i appreciate that dr my carl Barnes. carl you're not smiling there you are carl has picked one of my favorite quotes actually on my business radio shows people use this all the time Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, USMC, played by the one and only Jack Nicholson. The movie, of course, is A Few Good Men, 1992. Well, it's not that long ago. How? Eight and, and tw- 30 years ago. Wow. American legal drama based on Aaron Sorkin's 1989 play of the same name. And I have to tell you that Aaron Sorkin was writing this because he was inspired when his sister, Deborah, graduated from Boston University Law School, and she signed up for three years with the U.S. Navy with the JAG program, Jug. A judge, judge Advocate General Corps, and she was going to Guantanamo Bay to dis, to defend a group of Marines who came close to killing a fellow Marine ordered by a superior officer. Pretty ugly. He wrote the story on cocktail napkins, and he and his roommates had bought a Macintosh 512K. So Andrew, every night when he got home from his bartender job at the Palace Theater on Broadway, Aaron Sorkin wrote, typed the notes from the cocktail napkins into the Mac 512K, and that formed the drafts for a few good men. And on so many levels, this quote is great. The quote is, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) It applies to everything. Dr. Barnes, tell us how this applies to your creativity. Talk to me. Well, thank you so much. And that quote is important to me because as I think about some of my resilient experiences in the Navy and what comes to me presently with that quote is that I got out of a 15-year career in the Navy, five years away from retirement, and I asked my commanding officer, I want to get out the Navy. They said, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Because in order for me to apply for the Chapman Candidate Program, I had to be a civilian. So are you willing to put all, your whole career in the line? I say, yes, I am. I put my whole career in the line. I just re-enlisted for four years in the Navy, during for a six-month deployment. I'm the leading petty officer in the communication division, and you asking to get out because my age the following year will have not qualified. So within four months, I said, sir, I need to get out. I put my request shut in to the CEO. He was the only person who said yes. And people say, you are crazy. And so when I think about you can't handle the truth, people said they couldn't believe that I would end up 
putting my whole career in the line with a 50-50 chance of saying, I may get accepted, I may not. But at that time, I really didn't care, Ed, because I said, I wanted something so bad until I was willing to say, you can't have the truth, but I could. So I said, it caused me to launch out into the unknown path. So when I say you can't have the truth, for me, it was launching out into the unknown. No, I didn't know if I was going to get accepted or not, but all I knew is that I was in a moment in my life, I had to do it and I had to do it right now. So I told him, you can't handle the truth, but I handled it by being creative and say, you know what? I'm willing to risk it all. I risk it all and the rest is history because one person believed in my dream on board the ship and that was a commanding officer. Five years from retirement, at 15 years you're getting out, you're crazy. So crazy faith that my resilience paid off because they couldn't handle the truth. But look, I became a resilient seller because I said, I'm going to do it now and I'm going to do it regardless of anybody approve it because I was at the right place at the right time. And one person said yes. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. So my creativity is sometimes you got to launch into the unknown, not knowing what's going to be there, but and you will to take the chance. I took the chance, Red. So you've defined creativity a little differently. I appreciate this, Dr. Carl. I have to call you Dr. Carl. I'm sorry, it's just the way, <laughs> the way I'm built. You know, people go, ma'am, no, no, Dr. Carl. We'll go with Dr. Carl. You, you've defined it as there's an urgency, there's an immediacy. Sometimes you need other people to be part of it. You don't want to wait. There's risk involved. Diane used the word courageous. I had a guest a couple months ago, Diane, who said courageous creativity. And that reminds me of something that you said. So creativity is not just, eh. I, I told this to Steve Harrison at the publicity summit. Say, it's not, I'm going to eat cornflakes on Mondays and Wednesdays and, and um, Captain Crunch on Thursdays <laughs> and Saturdays. And I'm very creative with my breakfast. Like, no, nah, I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Creativity is, is a whole a whole way of how do you live your life? It's not yes. the way you live your life. It's how do you live your life? And I think we're all grown up enough to know that there was no handbook. People may have told us, you got to do this, you got to do that, right, Andrew? You got to go to school and you got to get this degree. Or you got to get this job. You got to live here. You got to get married. You got to do this. Well, but there's really no handbook. There's no handbook that says you have to, or this is the only way. So we're right. all making it up. And I took improv training. I had my own comedy troupe years ago. I did stand up. I did libraries and Borders book got thrown out a lot of Borders bookstores. One of my, <laughs> one of my comedians used the V word, it was virgin, and they threw us out. It was just terrible. Those were very, very strict days. Um, anyway, so I'm trying to be very moderate here. So my point is that um, there's something about creativity that people say, oh, I don't, I don't do improv. Yes, you do. I'm not reading a speech. Am I, Diane, Carl, and Andrew? I'm making this up. Are you reading a speech, Diane? I think you have some notes there, but you're doing them so comfortably that I, I, can, I can tell, but a lot of people can't. Carl, Carl's just emoting right off the table there. Andrew is in his, in his heart and his passion there. We're improving everything. That means we are creating this show together. By who we are right now in this moment in time. That's right. what we're doing. We're creating a show about creativity. That's why I call it a party. Okay, let's go to, thank you very much, Carl. You inspired me. Love the quote. Great, great job working with that. Andrew Culkin has picked a quote from Braveheart, played by Mel Gibson, 1995 American epic historical war drama film. We got another war movie here. As he readied the Scottish troops for the Battle of Stirling, Mel Gibson was director and co-producer, and he played Sir William Wallace, a late 13th century Scottish Scottish warrior, as he leads the Scots in the first war of Scottish independence against King Edward I of England. The story is inspired by a 15th century epic poem, The Acts and Deeds of the Illustre and Valiant 
Kempion, sure, William Wallace. I think I read that in Middle English there. And mm-hmm. did you know that it won five Academy Awards and Mel Gibson won for best it won for best picture and best director for him? That was interesting. Here is the quote, Andrew. This is lovely. If you could trade all your days for just one chance to be free, freedom. I think creativity is freedom. Go ahead, Andrew. Talk to me. And he said that quote. That was really that was really to get everybody excited because they're just about ready to go fight the English. And they were outnumbered about 50 to one, probably, but they actually won that battle. It's really about um, you got one life to live and you have to live it. You know, Um, you've got one life. That's all you got. And you can't let anybody you you have to get out of your comfort zone. You, You can't, you know, just people like we like well like what you were just saying you can't just go to school go to work come home you you have to do something more with your life you have your life has to be about something you have to have a legacy of some sort uh you have to leave something if you can leave something bigger than what you were that makes it all worthwhile uh and freedom you know how many you know uh, what's that word uh, many men live True, but few men truly live or few people truly live uh, mm. because they don't make the decisions for themselves and you have to make decisions for, for yourself. Andrew, freedom. Yeah. We've got a couple more words here, freedom, and we've got creating your legacy. Right. What do you want your legacy to be? To whom do you want to, quote unquote, leave, endow, give, inspire <laughs> that legacy to whom? I didn't end a sentence with the proposition. And how do you want to construct that legacy? A lot of us don't think about legacies. We just are who we are. And you say, what will my children say about me when I'm gone? I hope they know I did this and that. Maybe we all need to just have a little couple sentence uh, recording of, of what we want them to say about us. Right. Well, because, I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, I, I, want, I want it to be more than just my my kids. <laughs> you know? I, you know, I want to change the whole thought process of, of mental illness. And to uh, attack it completely different than the way we do. And society has to look at it. We look at it in in a reactive standpoint. And we have to Mm -hmm. look at it with more empathy and understanding. Wouldn't that be nice? You know? Wouldn't that be nice if we could get to that place? I don't think we're in that place right now. And I don't think we're going there soon. But it's a worthy and an admirable goal. And Andrew, it's an admirable goal. So I want you to keep, I'd like for you to keep doing your mission, fighting your battle, uh, and making sure that people hear you, because that's really important. There's so much under the surface of each of us that people don't know. Interesting that you said legacy is just your children. Well, I'm a broadcaster beyond this show, and I have millions of people around the world who've heard me. And one of my business shows was just named to one of the top 10 business and tech podcasts for entrepreneurs in the world. And that to me is maybe my children don't know. Of course I told them, but maybe that's not important to them, but it's important to me. My legacy is I've learned how to talk to people to help them express themselves, allow them to express themselves and given them topics to talk about that are impacting other people. So maybe that's my creative legacy that I created out of nothing. I was very shy as a child, by the way. We'll leave that one alone. August 22nd. Thank you all for your, oh, listen, I don't think I crossed the street alone till I was eight years old. I was afraid. I mean, seriously, I I would never let my family sit in a table in the middle of the restaurant. We always, not the Italian thing of, you know, who's coming at you, but uh, I'm sorry, that was not nice. Uh, But I, I was, I was very, very afraid. 
I had a psychiatrist when I was 13 or 14. I was shy. I, I was afraid to go to school. When I went to college, I, I had to hire a cab driver. I, I was a married mom in Cambridge, Massachusetts, had to go to BU to finish my degree in psychology. And I, I found a cab driver who agreed to show up three times a week at 630 in the morning at my house. And I had to take a little pinprick of Valium just to get in that cab to go to school. I was that mm. scared of my own shadow. And mm. here I am. So the shy, I don't know. I found my voice. I found my voice at somewhere along the line. Too much information. Uh, uh, nobody's listening. It's just radio. August 20, LLL will tell me all this when she, she writes me every, <laughs> by 8.01 p.m. Eastern time tonight, as always, I will get a note and she'll say, great show. Love you, beautiful, gorgeous lady of red. She does that. I love that. And she'll tell me in a synopsis of what you said. Dino Diane, of what you said, Dr. Carl, and what you said, Andrew Culkin. She will give me a one or two sentence synopsis of what you said that resonated with her and what mm. was important to her. And she's been doing this for years. And she's the third in a line of people who most of them were relatives of mine, my mom and my dad's cousin, who did this for years before they passed away. And Laura took up that mantle on her own. And I don't know how, and I've only met her a few times. We were dance friends in New York. She's still dancing at all of the, the temples and the, uh, the, the social clubs in Long Island. And I'm here in Durham. Miss my dancing, Laura, I do. Okay. And George says, hello, Laura. He saw you last night. Okay. was Saturday night, August 22nd, famous birthdays, Dua Lipa. The British Kosovo Albanian pop singer songwriter is 26 today. Happy birthday, Dua Lipa. We're doing famous birthdays. James Corden, who watches Late Night with James Corden or whatever they anybody? Oh. No. I love him though. He's funny. Yeah, you do, you do. He's 43 today. I thought he was older. Oh. One of my favorite actresses, Kristen Wig, that funny, funny, funny woman from Saturday Night Live who's done some of those bride movies. She is hysterical. She does characters that I, I just wonder how she does it. Um, the singer from the Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. I killed that one. Uh Howie Doro is 49. Ty Burrell. Anybody remember Modern Family? Mm-hmm. He was Phil Dunphy. Uh-huh. The husband of the main character. Well, he was part mm. of the very talented actor. Uh, the chef Giada De Laurentiis is 51 today. Growing up, Tori Amos, you've all heard of her. She's 58 American, multiple Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter. How about anybody remember DeBarge? Remember the yeah. songs by DeBarge? Yeah. The rhythm of the night. Well, James DeBarge is 60. Can you believe that, Dr. <laughs> Carl? Yes. Rock vocalist and keyboardist. Debbie Peterson, I have to put this in. She's a rock drummer with the bangles. Remember Manic Monday and Walk, walk Like an Egyptian. I'm not going to sing that one. She's there the drummer. <laughs> I'm a drummer. I'm a wannabe. I haven't played in six months, but I still got the drum set here. 61. And uh, the rock vocalist and musician for Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Roland Orzabal is 61. I think he's Debbie Peterson's brother. We have three YouTube birthdays. I love these names. I always pick names. I'm not making fun of anybody, but they have such interesting names on YouTube. And there are three stars who are having birthdays today. Does somebody named Sunny Side, S-O-N-N-Y-S-I-D-E. Sunny side of the street. He's sunny side. He's 37, old enough to know better. There's somebody named XOXO Ella. Okay, she's 16. And then there's somebody who's 24 and his name is Phantom, F-A-N-U-M, like phantom without the T, Phantom. I don't know what he does, but he does something. Let's go to this day in music history. 1956, Elvis Presley began filming 
Love me tender, love me. Remember? I know. I've tried not to kill it. In 1964, (laughs) on this day in history, the Supremes reached number one with Where Did Our Love Go? Remember that one? (laughs) Diana Ross and the gals. In 1966, on this day in history, the Beatles arrived in New York City and they held two conferences, press conferences, not one, one for the press and one for their fans. I think that was a day a classmate of mine, I was at Bayside High School, a classmate of mine, took off from school and she said she and her friends climbed. Andrew, you're going to love this. They got into the Warwick Hotel where the Beatles were staying and they climbed into a laundry basket and got wheeled into the Beatles room. Or so <laughs> she said, Dr. Carl, you can't handle the truth. I don't think she could either. Um, <laughs> on this day, two years later, Cynthia Lennon sued John for divorce on the grounds of adultery. Okay, we're not going to go there. In 1987 on this day, Madonna's Who's That Girl single, I don't even know the song, went number one. And in 2021, last year, Josephine Baker was named as the first black woman to be interred in the Pantheon in Paris, according to the French government. That was history. Today, I have a couple of holidays for you. Let's see if you're celebrating. It is National Pecan Tort Day. Anybody ever had a pecan tort? I haven't. Anybody? No. I think I may. I think you grind the, the pecans. A tort means a flourless cake. You know, I, I, you yeah. know what? I think when I was living in New Haven, Connecticut, and my husband at the time, we were grinding the pecans, I think. And the next door neighbor took a broom and started banging on the ceiling because <laughs> we were underneath her and she could feel the vibrations on the kitchen counter. Carl, you can smile now. And uh, she, she <laughs> heard us bang. I think that was a pecan tort. It's also National Tooth Fairy Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's Be an Angel Day. That doesn't mean get your wings or anything. It means just do something nice. For some reason... It's National Pamela Day, and I have, Diane, I have no idea why there's a day dedicated, because there should be a National Diane Day, there should be a National Red Day, National Carl Day, and there should be a National Andrew Day. So I'm naming today all of your days, okay? That's for me. Well, thank you. There's a a redheaded day, I think. Thank you, yes. There's a lot of of redheaded days, yes. You know what this costs. And it's also National Bao Day, B-A-O, that's an Asian dumpling filled with either pork or vegetables or sweet custard or chocolate. I would have that one or Chinese sausage. So that's bio day. I've had we have it, some, yes. have you ever had them? Yes. The ones full of you have. pork, barbecue pork. Yes. Any good? Uh, yes. Delicious. Okay. Good, good, good to know. Good I have, to I think I just took a rack of ribs out of the freezer. They've been there for about a month. They had them on sale to Smithfield baby mm. back ribs. Oh, delicious. And I have one Ooh. of those, uh, one of those um, stoves and oven a range. they call it, I'm supposed to say range. Yep. It um. has an air fryer component. It's not a basket that you dip it in. It's an actual, uh, it's a, a tray with handles that's all has holes in it. It's metal. And I put a piece of parchment paper on it and I put whatever it is, salmon, shrimp, chicken, ribs and you set it to the air fryer setting on the stove my stove is wi-fi connected carl it tells me when it's almost (laughs) done cooking on my phone on the stove and on the tv everywhere it tells my i mean i'm living in a 10 million square foot house so i would be a long time till i get by the stove yeah right sitting on the couch 10 feet away but that's okay so anyway it makes so the rib recipe i found instead of hours and hours and hours diane what you do is you marinate it in your sauce. I'm using baby Ray's uh, sweet honey barbecue sauce. Love really, it. My favorite. Really good. I'm, I'm, I'm marginating it in the fridge. And what you do is you put the rack of ribs on the parchment paper and you set it to 420 and you cook it for exactly 20 minutes and you turn it on the other side. 20 minutes done. Perfect. 
mm. almost fall off the bone. 40 minutes for a rack of ribs. That's what this ribs. this stove is Delicious. something else again. It, I don't like the rest of the stove, but that's the best setting. Anyway, so let's do a couple of creativity statements. We've got about seven minutes left. Let's keep these really, really short. I'm looking at what you all sent me. Let me scroll back up. Let's keep going here. Diane, I'm looking at your comments. Um, Let's see. Uh, I like this one. Diane, I'm going to read statement number four. Keep it to two minutes so we have time for everybody, please. Uh, Just barely. Statement number four. Diane says, I am most creative at four in the morning. I wake up in the morning excited about what will be revealed to me today. That's a new take on creativity. Diane, talk two, two minutes, please. Go ahead. I've got it down to one. So Red, I've done some research in preparation for your show on this topic because I wanted to know if there was any science behind my personal experience that I find myself to be the most creative at the early morning hours, typically four o'clock. I discovered that cognitive scientists have found there is a phenomenon called uh, pattern recognition that takes place in the brain only when it's in a very relaxed state. So this is when the brain is relaxed enough to make new connections, forming new neural pathways that are vital to the creative process. So just as I thought, studies show that creativity is at its peak just after waking, when that prefrontal cortex of ours is the most active, making all these new neural connections. So when I awake, I'll just focus on something I'm working on and wait. And it's always exciting because I always get some kind of uh, creative insight. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Four in the morning. I try, what I try to do is stay up till midnight and play Wordle, the new Wordle game of the day. And then if you're, if you're a subscriber, it comes up with a little chart you can share. So I send it to my friend Pat in Florida and my daughter now is playing it, but she's not a member. So she plays a different version of it. And I ask her to wait until I send her my score chart. And then she Mm -hmm. sends me the actual word she used. My daughter and her husband are each independently beating me by one slot a day. Now, if I'm getting it in four, they're getting it in three. I'm they've never played it since like three days ago they started and they're amazing. So there. Uh let's go to Carl, Dr. Carl. I'm looking at statement number four. This is interesting. Creativity to me is singing a cappella without music. My TBN experience. Can you explain that to me in two minutes, please, Dr. Carl? Yes, 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 Fred. So uh when I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida, <clears throat> when I met Big Brother of the Year, I was recommended to go to TBN by a friend. So I went there and um, they said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to sing. So they said, uh, where's your tracks? I said, there are no tracks. I'm going to do it a cappella. They said, no one comes on our show without tracks. I said, can you prove it? I said, yes, let me show you I could do that. I sung two songs a cappella and two without music. And they could not believe it because their rules and standards were no tracks, no songs. What's but I blew TBN? My Carl, what is TBN? Oh, Trinity Broadcast Network. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. the Christian Network. Go ahead. And I went to uh, interview there. So they said the rules were you could not sing without tracks. So I did two songs and they were just amazed because I've always sung a cappella. I did the, the national anthem. Every base I've been stationed at, guess who was the anthem singer? I was a national anthem singer. So that's what it was, a cappella. And I became an a cappella singing chaplain. <laughs> so I... that's where that come in because I love singing. I've been singing since I was a child in church and choirs and I don't need music. I love just hearing myself in the shower and outside. It's like, Sounds kind of good. So everyone else said, I love your singing acapella and you do without music. So that's where that all started, Red. 
Thank you. I always apologize when I sing, which I've done five or six times already on this show. And Andrew Culkin, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is interesting. You say, I'm creative in a plethora of ways from focusing on my goals and the creative discipline it takes to write a book. I know that because I'm still working on mine. To the subject matter contained inside. Now, here's where I want you to talk about, Andrew, just real briefly. Two minutes tops. Being creative is a constant process of decision making, subtracting and adding to your project until you are satisfied with the final message. Andrew, briefly, I wish we had more time. This is right. important. Go ahead. It's almost how do you add to that? That pretty much says it all. You, you, you I mean, creativity, it's, it's your life, what you do in your day, what, what you know, you, you, the, the most the most goal-oriented people create the most things. And you have to do that on a Sunday night. What am I going to do this week? What am I not going to do? What am I going to get through? Uh, it's the same thing in writing a book. Um, I mean, it was 700 pages. I had to get it down to five because nobody wants to read a 700-page book. Um, and you have to you have to edit things out of your life. You have to get rid of the, um, you know, the clutter in your life. Uh, and, and every day is a decision. Carl and I are going to be moving, not together, and we're right. talking about clutter. <laughs> I contacted an estate sale company because I have a lot of antiques from that I got from my mom, and I don't want to take everything with me anymore. I already moved them down here from New York, and right. they don't come to the house. They say take pictures. I spent an hour taking pictures of stuff. I mean, a couple of hundred pieces, small, big, and I had to upload them and name them and all that, and they said, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. I said, listen, i got to be out of the house in 40 days. Could you hurry it up, please? We'll see. We'll see. Declutter, thank you very much. Thank you all. Let's quickly do a website where we can find each of you. Just a, one sentence each. Dino Diane, where can people find you, please? Simple. DinoDianesAdventures.com. D-I-N-O-D-I-A-N-E-S-A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com. Did I get it? Perfect. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. Trying to keep the brain going here. Dr. Carl, where can people find you? Yes, carlmbarnes.com, carlmbarnes.com. C-A-R-L-M-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. Yes. Thank you, Andrew Culkin. Where's your, where's your place? It's uh, amandaacautionarytale.com. A-M-A-N-D-A-A-C-A-U-T-I-O-N-A-R-Y-T-A-L-E.com. Got it? Got it. Ah, the wheels are still turning there. Everybody say thank you to Josh, my engineer. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thank, thank you, Josh. Josh. Don't thank go Josh. away. I have to do my closing here, and I have just a couple seconds left. Here we go. Final closing. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't we all do that already? Forgive quickly. I'm not so good about that yet. Kiss slowly. Trust me, it's the only way to kiss. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Everybody join me in a laughter uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. I should always do that at the beginning of the show. And never reg never regret anything that made you smile. And here's the final, final. Work like you don't need the money because even if you do, people don't care. Just get the job done. Get the money. Right. Do something good with it. Dance like nobody's watching, but they used to watch when I was dancing. Sing like nobody's listening. Ah, try not to sing me. Love like you've never been heard because damn, we all have. Get over it, move on, let your heart grow, rejuvenate, come back, right, Carl? Find new ways, like yourself, love yourself, find people or things to love, something, love something in the world. Money talks, chocolate sings, and last but not least, and I stole this line, don't go away, guess we're gonna take pictures. Last but not least, I borrowed this line, I didn't steal it years ago. Thank you for turning me on. <laughs> Radio Red signing off. Josh, are we out? I wanna say goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host AKA Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.